0: This cannot be ignored. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Yes. Yes, we're doing it. It's the end. Say
1: goodbye. Is this supposed to be scary?
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. I'm one third of the hosting team tonight, Mike, and with me, as always, Mr. Venom. How are you doing?
1: Greetings and salutations, listeners.
0: I'm doing very well. How are you doing, Mike? I am doing fantastic. We are in the middle of the week, so. The weekend plans are starting to materialize.
1: Oh, this is Monday for me and my wife.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, how much you have more vacation you got before you headed? Because you're coming to the end yeah, of
1: it, right? Exactly. I um to my knowledge, I will either be going back to work the week of uh, Halloween or the week after.
0: Hmm. Was that a quick two months?
1: Um, it went by fast. Yeah. That for
0: sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like I, I I remember you saying you had two months, and I remember you like first stating that you were off on vacation and it's like, I can't believe it's already almost time for you to go back to work. I didn't realize that much time has gone by either.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It goes by quick. It's actually been over two months already. So I am definitely due to go back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of, uh, going back or coming back in this case, uh, our, our guest co-host this episode is, uh, returning to the show and that would be Moo from 22 shots of moods and horror how's it going moods
2: yo it's going good man that totally just tripped me the fuck out when you said uh i'm mike and i'm one third of the host tonight i had to click over to the skype to see that gary wasn't on (laughs) i actually thought that he was on and just wasn't talking and when you said one third i was like wait a minute my math is all fucked up here (laughs) canadian (laughs) math canadian math i'm like what's fractions i don't know any of that Jesus, but yeah, that just premiered out, right dude. I guess he's not coming on for this show? Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> he, I guess he – well, he hit me up earlier, and he was kind of like a – I told him what time we were doing it, and he's like, all right, if I'm awake. Right, if I'm awake. Right, I was, like, oh, awake, I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> my, That's the, funny. My, yeah, my – like my – the system I try to work is like as long as – We have like one get even me and Venom sometimes doing by ourselves. But since I pretty much knew you were coming on, I was like, okay, we're doing the episode if a fourth person joins. Cool. But if not, whatever, Um, it's Mm. just fresh cuts. You know, we do these all the time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was was so so strange, too. I was like literally looking at our uh, our Google spreadsheet for like our Patreon picks and stuff. And someone actually Patreon haunt for me to review on 22 Shots (laughs) (laughs) today. I'm like, okay, well, that I can do, I guess. That's why it's
0: not going to be a problem. This will be your, uh, your warm-up, your practice. Yes, It's bizarre. <laughs> well, uh, Moods just announced what we were uh, discussing tonight, and that would be 2019's Haunt. Uh, kind of fitting that this is an October episode because it's... I don't know if it... Ta- I can't remember if it ta- actually takes place on Halloween. Uh, yeah, actually it does. I'm looking at the does. synopsis now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I guess I'll just... Read the synopsis saying, On Halloween, a group of friends encounter an quote-unquote extreme haunted house that promises to feed on their darkest fears. The night turns deadly as they come to the horrifying realization that this might actually be a spoiler. But, I don't know, know, maybe. I mean, the nature of the movie, you would assume that...
1: Yeah, the trailer kind of gives it away anyway. I watched the trailer after I watched the movie, and yeah, it pretty much gives away the gist of it.
0: Okay, yeah, I actually hadn't seen the trailer not on purpose just because it's because it kind of hit on vod and people are talking about it and Mm. i was like okay i'll I'll watch it because enough people seemed into it and it looked the the premise just the haunt and the mask i was like okay so i didn't even watch a trailer so other than i assumed it had to do with some type of haunted house or just like some halloween activity i didn't even really need to but um Yeah, so uh, we will get into our general thoughts first, as usual. Uh, So uh, I will kick it to Venom. What are your general thoughts on Haunt? Um,
1: I've seen this twice now. I saw it about three weeks ago when it had its limited uh, theatrical run out here in L.A. Um, I got to say I enjoyed it more on my second watch. On my first watch, I was just getting thoroughly frustrated with the Just the decisions some of the characters were making, you know, the the played out horror tropes that I've been sick of for 30 years that I still have to deal with. Um, But but I still got to say the third act absolutely saves this movie. Um, It goes from your basic bitch horror film, you know, young people getting blah, blah, blah to like a really, really cool, almost revenge tale towards the end. And obviously with the very last scene, which we'll discuss in the spoiler section, it kind of, you know has a a little bit of a turning the tables vibe to it. But yeah, ultimately, um, even after the first watch, I was on board with the movie. But like I said, the the scars of the first two acts, the frustration of the first two acts was still kind of fresh. But on the rewatch, I was able to get past that a lot um, easier and to the point where I actually really, really enjoyed the movie. So overall, very well put together film, um there is like i said some basic horror tropes in there um but they also avoid some of them too which i'll get into in the uh spoiler section as well but ultimately i'm gonna say it's an above average halloween haunt Mm. film uh that i think most horror fans would probably enjoy let's
0: Hmm. go with that (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) all right uh mood how about your general thoughts
2: uh yeah i'm i'm kind of with venom with it on it i've seen it twice now also and the first time i watched it i think i'm kind of the opposite of venom i think i enjoyed it more the first time i watched it rather than the second time um i just really started to again i was with venom i was getting frustrated even more frustrated with character decisions in this and stuff and um even though the presentation of the film actually isn't that bad uh the odd thing is it's set on Halloween and it really doesn't have much of a Halloween vibe besides the actual haunt itself. Like when I'm watching films that are set on Halloween, I always like to have that, you know, that Halloween vibe, that Halloween aesthetic, you know, like, um, you know, pumpkins and just things that just give you that Halloween vibe and stuff. Even at there's, there's a scene in the beginning of the film in the first act where they're actually at a Halloween party and it doesn't even really seem that Halloween
0: to be no. honest. Even
2: it's though like, everybody's wearing a costume, you're absolutely right. It doesn't Yeah, feel- and I, I think part of the problem is, too, is our main character, which, again, I was frustrated with that decision, too, um, played by Katie Stevens. Her name's Harper in the film. Uh, She just decides, you know, she doesn't really want to go to this party, so she just doesn't put on a costume at all. And I think that kind of added to it. I hate when people do that. It's like you can't spend two minutes to put something together to fucking put a costume on. Like, come on, man. Get with the season. you know. Mm-hmm. Just always bugs me. But, anyways, I kind of set that up right there. It's a little bit frustrating. But, um yeah, man, definitely lots of tropes. But, you know, overall, once you get into the haunt and stuff, it's actually kind of cool. I'm a little bit confused on how they were marketing this as, um you know, that they promised to feed off your darkest fears and how they actually, you know, how, how they actually end up doing some of that. That's a little bit mysterious to me, unless mm-hmm. Venom, you got an answer for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because to me it seems like it's a it's a little bit random that they're there i mean it it could have been any yeah i mean (laughs) it could be anybody that went to this haunt essentially uh it obviously wasn't too popular because when they got there there was like absolutely nobody there but the point of the matter is is that you know they promised to feed off your darkest fears and it kind of happens to some of the characters which is a little bit frustrating for me um i think actually the third act is a little bit better. I think the very end, personally, is a little bit is a little bit far fetched. You got to really stretch your imagination to believe that it was actually go down like this. But oh sure, yeah. At the same time, you know, I understand the motives, and of course, that's that's really how you want it to end, you know, essentially and stuff. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, there's characters that pop in and out of this movie that are a little bit frustrating. They're there to get killed. Um, the kills to me weren't overly the greatest in it either. I think there was one or two that were decent uh some of the um you know some of the set pieces used in the certain parts of the haunt were actually kind of cool and stuff but Mm -hmm. another frustrating thing for me is ultimately you know there's really no story to the actual people doing the haunt you know there's this whole i mean i don't want to get into spoilers here but there's this whole thing with just, you know faces and stuff i'll just leave it at that and it's like well what the fuck man like, who yeah. are these people? Where do they come from? You know, like, there's a lot of questions. And even by the end of the film, you're just like, there's so many unanswered questions and stuff. I get that. This is horror. You know, we deal with the tropes. We deal with the, the, you know, some answer questions. And we also deal with a lot of unanswered questions on a daily basis when we watch these type of films. But sometimes in certain instances like this one, I think it would actually be very nice to know the motives. I think it would make it a lot more interesting, you know, once hmm. you figure out what, you know— the start of the third act, when you kind of figure out that there's something seriously fucking wrong here. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're doing some crazy shit with some, with some hammers and shit, (laughs) Uh, which actually that was a pretty cool scene. Um, Yeah. You know, the, the the effects are mostly practical. they mixed with a tiny, tiny bit of CG, definitely prevalent in there, but it's not enough to be like, damn, those were terrible effects or anything. But, you know, overall, I think it's an above average film. I think my rating might've come down a tad bit after watching it uh, a second time. Um I don't think it's horrible by any means but yeah I it's okay
1: yeah, it's not going to go down as a
2: halloween classic
1: by any stretch
2: but. that's the thing i can't like not recommend this because i think my some people might enjoy it a lot more than i did and vice versa you know kind of thing Absolutely, so yeah. you know it's it is what it is it's one of those films i mean if you like films set on halloween and haunt films which have been very popular in the last few years there's been tons and tons of haunt films and actually that's one thing i will give them kudos for that they didn't make it a found footage thing because that's kind of a cliche thing to fucking, you know do the found footage uh filmmaking style while doing haunt films i'm like ah oh, man this thing's been done so many times you know it's like i kind of i'm kind of passive. it even though i love found footage films i just sometimes i get sick of you know just the same type of story with the found footage too but yeah it's okay haunts okay it's a
0: it's a Don, it's a and nelly 10 out of 10 yeah right no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know
1: <laughs> I <like that>
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean i i'm pretty much in agreement with both you guys i think it's a it's a fair film it's it's not great. I, I I think it's one of those films where, you you come away liking it more the first time because it is a movie that takes place on Halloween. We are in October, um, but it's not one of those movies that you know you're every every year in October you're going to think oh I got to pull this one out to watch. It's 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 a it's, a, it's an okay movie for seeing it the first time. It's the right time of the year, obviously for this kind of movie. Um, you know the characters kind of generic. I did I did like the design of um the haunt itself it kind of reminded me and venom you might know because uh you go to a lot of haunts in southern california right you've been to uh Mm -hmm. knott's berry farm when they do not scary farm
1: a few years ago yeah
0: now back back when you went because it's been a few years since i went but they used to have that attraction called trap did you ever do that yeah yes sir so this kind of reminds me of that where it's semi-interactive where like you get to a room and it's not like because I know the synopsis says like an extreme haunt, but it starts out more like to me reminds me of a trap where you get to a room and it's not so much an escape room more. You just have to do something to like get to the next room. Oh, you have to follow I mean, Yeah, yeah, I mean I I love that trap thing. And, you know, sometimes you're crawling through little corridors or under grates to find a key, that kind of thing. Um, So, yeah. yeah, this haunt kind of reminded me of that. So I was like totally into that aspect of the movie for the most part i I agree with moods it's like it takes place on halloween but really nothing leading up to the haunt itself really screams halloween i mean i think they're out at like a club or something at at one point um and it's you almost have to be reminded oh yeah it is halloween um as far as you know i think what really happened on my second watch was the first and second acts kind of got weaker to me i think there's a lot of tropey kind of stuff i think you know for them being all gung-ho about going to a haunt they were kind of come off as weak bitches <laughs> like before, before shit before shit goes wrong when when it still seems like it's just an element of a you know your standard haunted house it's like oh i'm afraid to put my hand in here i was like come on man it's, it's a haunted house. Like. Don't you, don't be afraid to do this shit. Um, but, you know, overall, it, it was enjoyable, but there's, you know, there are there there's unexplained things. It, it's there are issues with it. Um, so I would say, you know, it, it's I would call it like a middle of the road movie. Um, enjoyable, but probably forgettable. It's not going to be in your like Halloween Hall of Fame collection of movies you need to watch every year. <laughs> no, no.
1: I might I revisit this I don't know, maybe every couple of years I might revisit this. Because like I said, after the second watch I actually enjoyed it a little bit more. Um and watching and watching it on second and third watches too, you kinda uh you're being more meticulous w- with what you're looking at, like, you know, not realizing who the first clown was, the one that they met outside, you know. Um, I didn't quite catch that right away on the first watch. And then on the second watch, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll I'll bring it up later, like more details, because I don't want to spoil anything. But no, I exactly. swear there was, a, there was a sequence in here that was like straight out of Green Room, if you remember Green Room oh, yeah. pretty well. Like I I watched it on full. I was like, holy shit, that's like the same exact thing that happened. And I'm not saying they're copying or anything, but it just struck me as like, oh, like – exact same almost but uh we'll get into that in a little bit uh anything else on general oh i guess we are supposed to do our recommendations i guess um i you know i would say you know it's like i say it's the right time of the season for this kind of movie so i'd say check it out i mean i think there's going to be a certain level of enjoyment just because you're watching a new uh halloween uh well, i guess halloween focused movie mm-hmm. in october so there's going to be that appeal to it Um, right off the bat it's on vod so it's you know it's not going to cost that much to watch it
1: Uh, Uh, i disagree
0: oh is it how how much is it
1: it's 5.99 to rent right now that's that's do it (laughs) that's a lot lot. allow me to
0: modify my statement (laughs) uh find a friend and split the cost (laughs) there you
1: go <laughs> um I, I would basically say if you can see this for free, absolutely check it out. It's eventually gonna drop on shutter. We already know that. Um if it happens to drop before Halloween, which you know I, I'm hoping, um, then yeah, by all means check it out. But as far as $5.99 on iTunes or Amazon Prime, that's a little steep considering there's a lot of other great 2019 horror options on Prime and iTunes for like a buck, two bucks, three bucks. Six bucks for Haunt is just a little steep. I can see, like like I said, uh, the production value is all there. I mean, the movie looks great. Uh, You know, cinematography for what it is is pretty good. I mean, obviously, most of it is indoors. I thought the haunt itself looked great. And one of the things that really struck me about the haunt is that it doesn't look like a traditional haunt. I mean, there were very little props in it. You know, I mean, you got that one skeleton that jumped out at the guy and then that was it. It was Um, huge. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, granted, it was a big one, and it was right in the path, so it's like you couldn't miss it. It it pr- it could probably uh, cause a concussion to the right height person, but um, aside from that, yeah, it's like they were they were really just using the fact that it was like an abandoned whatever warehouse, factory, storage unit, whatever the case may be, um, and then just kind of using its natural creepiness to its advantage. And I kind of like that because I've only been to one haunt in my life like that that didn't have a lot of props, that all they really did was they weathered the house to make it look like it was run down and decrepit, but then relied more on the actors in it. And I yeah, and I kind of yeah. appreciated that.
0: And there wasn't even that many of those in there either.
1: Well, yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Anymore. And <laughs> it would have been. Uh, well, we'll get to the spoilers. I don't want to say too much. But yeah, I mean um but nonetheless though fun movie um a little frustrating at times like i said on my first watch i was frustrated with all the horror tropes in the first and second act the poor decisions you know i know i'm repeating myself but ultimately i did enjoy this movie i'm not going to go so far as to call it a good film it's a well made film it's a well acted film i'm not going to say it was well written by any stretch um, you know, I, I I called it your basic bitch horror movie earlier, and it, it's kind of exactly what it is. Um, th- the only difference is that it's it's mildly effective at times. Um, on a, on another show that I'm on, we recently uh, reviewed Candy Corn, which is another 2019 kind of based around Halloween horror film and that one was the same thing it was just very basic you know full full of tropes but it was so poorly done in my opinion that it kind of brings the film down whereas in this one they do the basic horror tropes but they're mildly effective if you will maybe not necessarily jump scares but you know some of the other stuff that we'll get into in the spoiler section i do think was effective and ultimately, I think there was more. I think there was at least three kills that I actually kind of liked in here. Well, actually, one of them wasn't a kill. Uh, it was just an attack. But we'll get into that in the spoiler section. But yeah, I mean, it looks like I'm the one who enjoyed the movie the most out of the three of us. Um, but by no means am I saying like this is you know the next generation's trick or treat or anything like that. It's just a mildly effective new haunt movie that if you can see for free, see it. Otherwise, eh, you're not missing much.
2: Yeah, to me it felt like I was getting a lot of that escape room vibe. I noticed the lack of props and things like that. Uh-huh. And you had to figure out how to get through things. I did like the idea of, you know, the coffin doors and the trap doors and things like that. That was actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take a maze with puzzles in it any day, you know? Yeah. Um, See, it, it, at least it makes you think, you know, you're just not uh, mm. just experienced, just existing in there, you know?
2: Yeah, like escape rooms and stuff are fun. I've done them before and I'm, I, I've i realized I'm atrocious at them, like really fucking bad at figuring out things. And it's embarrassing because my wife is so good at these things. Like she, could get, she got us right through this whole thing like <laughs> in no time. We're like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> That's crazy. So I, I would definitely be one of those guys in the film that would die because I wouldn't be able to escape, because I suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that whole kind of escape room vibe was definitely very prevalent here. Um, yeah, it is definitely a well-made and produced film. Eli Roth, I think, actually produced this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting, for the most part, is really good. Actually, the lead actress, I thought, was really cute, too, man. And I was, yeah. like, looking her up, and she's like 27. I was like, what the fuck? I thought she was, like, 19. Crazy. <laughs> man, she's that's, she's holding her youth quite well. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, overall, man, I mean, it's it's definitely entertaining for what it is. you You mentioned Candy Corn before. It's funny because I do agree that Candy Corn is not, it's definitely not made as well as this film mm-hmm. um, by any means on all technical aspects of filmmaking, but I kind of I kind of found uh candy corn to be kind of entertaining. <laughs> oh, I love the
1: kills. I, yeah. I actually, I, I actually liked candy corn probably a little bit more than anybody else on the horror cast for the yeah, same yeah. reasons, you know, mm-hmm. um, they, they the, the horror tropes are still there, but they weren't ultra heavy handed with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the performances were fine. I, I forget um, uh, the little person's name in that movie, the guy from Thirty One and Three from Hell, but I love him. Yeah, uh, yeah. So anything he's in, I'll watch. So I mean, overall, I, I would probably give Haunt a slightly higher rating, but not that much because ultimately, I was entertained by both of them. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of the the contrast, right? You know you got a film like haunt that's completely well made it's you know way better made than Mm -hmm. the candy corn but then they're kind of sitting on the same level for you you know it's it's really kind of interesting and and yeah actually candy corn had me (laughs) i actually was laughing at the whole premise itself but i I thought it was actually kind of a blast man i
1: I had i had a few more problems with the performances in candy corn i thought the the people in haunt were a little bit more effective oh
2: Definitely. The acting overall between the two films, Haunt is definitely a little bit more solid and stuff. And, you know, in a film like Haunt, though, I didn't, like, recognize anybody in the film. Um, You know, they have your kind of... I mean, it's not over-the-top cliché characters in this film, but you do have a lot of the people that represent, you know, those typical tropes and cliché-type characters and stuff. I mean, you have the bigger fat guys, kind of the comic relief in the film. But that was one thing that I actually was pretty impressed with this movie is that they didn't try to overdo the comedy in those serious moments and shit like that you know when you watch some of these films and they just try to relieve the moments with comedy and you're like i'm watching a fucking horror movie like mm-hmm. there's a time and a place for the comedy which is in the first act but when you get in the second third and people start cracking jokes and shit and you're like it's supposed to be a horror movie you know
1: mm-hmm. you know, I, here, know. I,
2: I hate that shit it drives me nuts but they didn't really do that in here which i was you know happy for that and stuff but uh
0: entertaining enough candy you know? candy corn kind of gave me the pumpkin head vibe you remember Pumpkinhead from back in the really? day? Yeah, just because... Uh, yeah, it, well, it does. It, I mean, exactly the, kind you know. of the plot follows. I, You know, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to start spoiling the movie we're not even <laughs> discussing, but it just kind of how the plot goes. Sure. It, yeah. it made me think of it. Which, Absolutely.
2: Uh, it's like 100% Pumpkinhead. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I actually, actually said not, that. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I even said that to somebody after I watched it. I was like, wow, that's the modern day Pumpkinhead right there just obviously the production value is not as high <laughs> it probably right member no like, you know, no lance Henriksen. no definitely not but <laughs> all, although it does have some other kind of notable people in it but not lance Henriksen. Yeah, i
0: i actually liked candy like i saw a lot of people just hate candy corn and when i finally got around to it i was like really i was like i understand if you don't love it but god some people were just so harsh on it i was like it's a little small independent movie like whoa what what the hell are you asking for of this
2: you know what i think some of the issues are with films like that is when they kind of i don't know if they taught bill tony todd in it he's probably billed in the in the poster art or whatever um and i don't know courtney gains i'm assuming because he's one of the main characters he's like the the sheriff that's doing all the investigating stuff pj souls is in the film so there's some big names and i think when you have character actors like uh tony todd in these type of films these lower budget films and shit people expect a lot more and then when you have you know, kind of a minor role like Tony Todd had in the film, people are like, mm-hmm. fuck that movie, man. I think they people probably, it ask, man. It's
1: true. I mean, a lot of movies have been doing that lately, giving big name stars top billing in their movies, even though they're only in it for a couple of minutes. Most recently, last year, there was a film called Gehenna that came out, and Lance Hendrickson gets top billing right on the movie poster then you watch the movie he's literally in a two-minute scene on the telephone he's not even at the spot where all the horror stuff is happening he's like the big city in an office building and literally that's it that's it a two-minute phone conversation but he gets top billing
2: So he literally called in his performance.
1: Ah, literally phoned it in.
2: (laughs) Literally phoned it in. That's amazing. But yeah,
1: same thing with this one. And I'm thinking, and after talking about it on the horror cast, it seems like a lot of horror, small independent horror productions, what they'll do is they'll get like an iconic horror actor, but they'll only get them for a day, you Mm -hmm. know, because they're too expensive. So, I mean – after watching Candy Corn twice in the last week, it looks a lot like Tony Todd and PJ Souls were only on set for one day. And they literally just shot all of their scenes because Tony yeah. Todd isn't in any action scenes or any overly horrific scenes, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah. So it, it seems like uh, independent horror productions, you know, do they put the money into getting a big name actor for one day or maybe spend a little bit more on effects? And, you know you can kind of tell this movie actually spent a little bit more on effects than candy corn as much as I did love the practical effects in candy corn. Let's not get me wrong. That's one of the, that that was one of the better spine rips I've seen in a film.
2: Yeah, Um, it was awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't really, it wasn't, but yeah, I, but I also, I I enjoyed, even though there was a little bit more CG involved, I did enjoy a lot of the kills in this movie too, Mm -hmm. which, you know, we'll get into in the second half, but yeah, I mean, like I said, um, as far as recommend, recommendations go, yeah, I'll, I'll recommend it to any hardcore horror fan who can see this for free. I would, like I said, I would avoid paying any money to see it if at all possible. Wait for the Shutter release.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I recommend it also. I mean, for I mean, especially this time of year. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those type of films that come November first, no one's gonna watch. Yep. So it has to come out before Halloween. It's definitely that typey and you know, I could see this film you know, people even watching next year, but I mean, even with the amount of an output of these Halloween based type films that are coming in, like the amount of clown films and oh it's just crazy the amounts of films. So who knows if it'll stand the test of time even a year and people will remember it in a year, but I mean that remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, definitely give it a shot. It's you know, it's worth the it's worth the visuals.
0: Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, that wraps up our general thoughts and a little bonus uh, Candy Corn thoughts for for everybody. Yeah, are we doing two (laughs) films here or what? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Uh, Okay, well, I guess, Venom, we can get into spoilers now. I mean,
2: honestly, how is that there's never been a film called Candy Corn before now?
0: Yeah, it seems kind of weird, like, it's such an obvious name
2: yeah next one will be circus peanuts or Uh, even (laughs)
0: even even haunt i i would you would think that movie would have come out actually i think there is another movie called Haunt. well there is other there's multiple
1: but there's like a dozen there's literally like a dozen movies called haunt a lot of them are indie but i looked them up yeah one as old as the 1960s yeah
2: Yeah, and they're pretty much all fucking haunted house films though
0: yeah pretty close
1: yeah one one in particular that i saw was about a a haunted house, not, not like a Halloween haunt. It was, yep. it was called haunt, you know, because of ghosts, not, you know, blah, blah,
2: blah. I know, I know there was one released a couple of years ago from IFC. It was called haunt and it was yeah,
1: 2014. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, <laughs> so it's a popular movie title, just like a uh, trick or treat. How many trick or not trick or treat? I'm sorry. Um, truth or dare. There's like six different Truth or Dare movies out there. That's yeah, why Blumhouse the interesting- had to put their name on it. It had to be Blumhouse's
2: Truth yeah, or Dare. <laughs> well, the funny thing about Trick or Treat is that they're all different. There's Trick or Treats, yeah. there's Trick or Treat, and there's Trick or Treat. <laughs> exactly. like, what the fuck? They're all different.
1: A trick, uh, Right? Trick or Treats? Wasn't that one that we uh, did, Mike, on No More Room in Hell with the uh, with the kid that was scaring everybody?
2: That's yeah, the shitty. Yeah. That's the shitty. Like eighty two, apparently. Yes, you know that exactly. movie's always been dubbed as like a a slasher film, but there's like one kill in the film, and it's just a kid doing stupid ass pranks and shit. Exactly. <laughs> and he's like a big goofball. <laughs> it's like such a weird. It's such a weird film, especially the time it came out. Right. You know the slasher craze is. It was all about you know boobs and blood and and awesome kills and shit. And this movie's just like some ten year old joker. <laughs> that's it. Oh. So yeah. strange.
1: Oh, man. The, the, the crank yankers version of Halloween, <laughs>
2: yeah, pretty much. Hey.
1: <laughs> All right, well, let's get into spoilers. Um, our film opens up uh, with a girl uh, sitting at a makeup table. Uh, she's got a black eye, she's putting makeup over her black eye, so obviously, um, she's in some type of abusive relationship. Her roommate, who is an amazingly gorgeous black woman. Walks in and tells her, you know, you need to break up with this guy. You know, I was in your room last night while you were asleep. I saw the, uh, you know, I saw the black eye, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, the movie starts out with your basic young, young cast horror opening of like one abused girl, all her concerned friends around her. Oh, you got to come out. You got to come out. You can't
2: stay. She's not only like so concerned, she's willing to take her cell phone and she tries to type in we're done. Yeah, that's break true. up with this guy. Like, I mean, <laughs> how 2019 is that? I mean, back in our day, there was no such thing as grabbing a fucking phone exactly. and just texting someone. <laughs> like, break up with yeah. somebody else's
1: boyfriend. That's awesome. Right? That's but hilarious. That was great. Um, they have a conversation about going out to a Halloween party. She, uh, our our star Harper. Our main girl, Harper, claims that she doesn't have a costume, blah, blah, blah. As Moods mentioned earlier, she ends up going to the party without a costume anyway, which kind of, you know, as he mentioned, takes away a lot of the vibe of Halloween. Even though they're at a party filled with people wearing costumes, Moods is 100% right. It just does not feel like Halloween, but, you know, we've already discussed that point.
2: You know, as a filmmaker, if you're going to have a scene, you you know, like a Halloween party scene like that, at least have. The props, like have the, you know, the pumpkins and stuff, you know, just those are the things that people want to see when they're watching a Halloween, a film based on, you know, Halloween, right? You want to see those pumpkins, you want to see that shit. Just give that type of aesthetic to it and then there you go.
0: Especially especially because we get that opening shot of like the neighborhood and I was hoping there would be a little more Halloween aesthetic in that the opening oh, title yeah. shot I, I mean really
2: the only pumpkins that we even get to see in the film are smashed ones from the pumpkins getting thrown at the fucking house exactly
1: <laughs> yeah that's right i forgot to mention the movie opens up with this girl's boyfriend her abusive boyfriend throwing a pumpkin at their front door <laughs> waiting waiting there in his bright red truck uh foreshadowing and uh, as soon as one of the roommates opens the door he drives away so it's almost like he wanted to be caught like if they he wanted them to know I threw the pumpkin at your door, which mm-hmm. you know, seems stupid, but whatever. Um, but obviously we're, we're foreshadowing for later. So remember the red pickup truck <laughs> mm-hmm. um, at this point. Um, like I said, they were at the party. They decide to leave the party, but it, obviously it's Halloween night. So they don't really want to just go back to campus. These are all college kids, by the way, who live in uh, campus provided housing. No. um not necessarily dorms but like off campus you know houses and shit um so they leave the bar or party wherever they're at they decide they want to go to this haunted house uh they go they start driving um using gps directions to get to a haunted house that they heard of um during the trip to the haunted house uh our main girl Harper realizes that they're being followed and that it looks a lot like a red pickup truck that's following them Um, So she tells them to pull over to the side or to turn down a road that they weren't intending to go down. The truck follows them down that road, but then they pull off to the side and kind of hide off off to the side of the road waiting to see if the red pickup truck comes by. The, The truck never does come by, but a giant illuminated haunted house sign lights up that instant that they're like in there waiting for this guy. Uh, Obviously, they decide, well, there's a haunted house right here. So let's just go to this one. Oh, smart decision. And so they decide to go in. The red truck never actually shows up, at least not in this scene. But, you know, keep it in the back of your head. (laughs) Uh, They go in. They go up to this um, what looks like an abandoned warehouse or factory type building that has almost no one there. There's literally like two cars in the parking lot. When they get there, when they arrive to the haunt, there's only one group of people, like three or four people in front of them who enter the haunt as they're walking up to it. There's this, you know, nameless, um, voiceless clown just standing there, a guy in a clown costume. And so they ask, you know, we'd like to go through your establishment, you know, blah, blah, blah. Trying to be polite while drunk fat ass is in the background making jokes at the guy. Um... So finally, the clown does a magic trick pulling out a key from behind the black girl's ear and hands it to her and uh, points out a lockbox behind them. They go. She goes to the lockbox. She opens it up and it's a clipboard full of. um Uh, Release waivers, basically, you know, uh, you know, releasing the owners of the establishment of any injury or anything else, you know, basic non, you know, not non-disclosure agreements, but, you know, just, you know, release things so that anything that happens to you, they're not responsible for. But the thing about these uh, release forms is that they ask for the people's home addresses as well. Keep that in Mm -hmm. the back of your head as well for more foreshadowing. Um, so they go into the haunt, you know, after being creeped out by this quiet, you know, silent clown outside. And I'm not going to go over every single room in the haunt, but let's just say, you know, they go through the haunt, um, and as they get deeper and deeper into it, it's, it's more, um, discombobulating they they get turned around they get lost they get confused as to what needs to be done random things like that of course at one point in the haunt they get to a room almost like behind glass where one of the haunt actors um applies a red hot poker to a girl's face obviously the kids think that it's part of the show that it's part of the act Um, As soon as uh, the girl starts screaming, uh, the curtain closes and they can't see anymore. So, of course, they assume that it's part of the haunt. Pretty sure, even though we never saw that girl's body again later in the film, pretty sure that was an actual patron being killed. I didn't notice if it was one of the girls from the group uh, ahead of them, but I can probably
2: assume it probably was. Uh, I tried to figure that out, too, and I still couldn't on the second time.
1: Exactly. Yeah, same with me. I I, I wasn't exactly diligent. Like, I wasn't rewinding and stuff. But, I mean, I I, I remember on the second watch being careful to make note of the people that were outside in front of them. And I just couldn't make out the exact girl. Uh, But anyway, like I said, they continue through the haunt. They get split up, obviously. At one point, uh, there's a maze uh, with two signs, one pointing to the left that says safe and one pointing to the right that says not safe. Uh, So the friends split up. Three of them go down the not safe path. Three of them go down the safe path. And of course, you know, hilarity ensues from there. People start getting picked off. Um, One of their friends disappears, and then she's later seen in that same kind of theatrical behind glass room room where now it's her being poked with the uh, red-hot poker. But instead of just putting the poker on her face to cause her pain, uh, the haunt actor just basically jams the poker right through her head, which was a, a decent-looking kill, but it was basically off-screen because the curtain mm-hmm. closes instantly. So yeah. you know, as soon as there's pre- penetration, the, the curtain closes. So, But they assume that the girl, that that actually was their friend and that she is now dead, and that's when... Um, they start to kind of try to figure out, okay, we need to get out of here. We need to, you know, this thing, something's, something's wrong. Basically, something is rotten in Denmark. And, uh, yeah, the movie just kind of goes on from there. We start getting, uh, some of the haunt actors start kind of revealing themselves to the people. Um, the first haunt, well, the only haunt actor that actually speaks with his mask on, um, calls himself mitch and this is after two of the girls have already gotten themselves hurt and one of them is missing and uh this guy who calls himself mitch starts to help him out he's got the keys to the place he sees that um, our girl bailey is injured on the floor so he's so he pulls out the keys he starts walking them through the exits you know kind of acting like he's helping them out then they get to a point where they can't, where there's no easy way out. They have to go up this weird, like, um, uh, like a tunnel that they had to crawl through, almost like a, you know, air duct crawl space, all Die Hard style. Uh, so they're walking through there. And then the haunt actor, for some reason, they decide to make the haunt actor go through the crawl space first. <laughs> And as soon as he gets through to the other side, he closes the exit. He actually like boards it up. He puts up a piece of wood and nails it closed so that our, you know, our victims can't get out. So as so, of course, Mitch is part of the whole thing. You know, we get the confirmation right there. And like I said slowly throughout the evening more um of the haunt members start to unmask themselves um the guy wearing the devil mask unmasks himself to show his face and he actually looks like a circus freak like he's he's one of those guys that's like covered in tattoos has a lot of like dermal implants on his face and the horns and you know all the tusks and everything else I mean he look I thought he looked cool as hell and that's when i was like ooh is this going to turn out to be like actual circus freaks that just got sick of scaring people and now they're like you know going mm-hmm. extra step or something um and then when, when we get outside we're outside and the fat obnoxious kid is outside with our haunt actor mitch um but then mitch pulls out a hammer um knocks the kid down and actually does he actually rip his jaw off or he does something where he puts the claw of the hammer in the guy's mouth and like yanks right yeah, so yeah, he was, is r- that the part where upwards.
0: he's ripping off like the skin or is that later or is it mm-hmm. is it the same one I'm because th- I remember we were talking he kind outside? of puts he puts like the fork side of the hammer in like the mouth and kind of rips away at it
2: yeah, that's, he just, that just basically different. just rips the top of his jaw and is kind of it was the top. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was the off. top yeah. or the
1: bottom. But yeah, he, he tore that guy to shit. Yeah. Um while also unmasking himself. And he, um, for those people who are fans of creepy pastas like myself, he actually looks like Jeff the Killer a little bit. Um, it's faked, obviously, because um, you know, those who know the story of Jeff the Killer know that he peeled off his own eyelids and lips so that he couldn't blink and that he was always smiling you know, he was always exposing his teeth. This guy kind of did the, obviously did the effect more with makeup where he had eye black around his eyes to make it, Mm -hmm. to make his eyes look big. Like he didn't have eyelids. And I mean, he was deformed. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't when I say makeup, I mean, movie makeup, not, you know, haunt makeup. So, You know, I, hopefully I'm not confusing people, but yeah. Um, so, you know, I started calling him Jeff, the killer, the rest of the movie instead of Jeff, but we don't really see much of him throughout the rest of the film. Mm. I, I don't, I don't even remember if he gets dispatched or not. I don't remember, but anyway, um, more, you know, more of our group is picked off. Finally, we're down to the last two and that's Harper and the guy, Nathan, that she just met that night. um, you know they're running around trying to figure out what's going on. The girl actually ends up getting to the final room of the haunt, and it's actually a real escape room. It's even it's even labeled escape room.
2: Yeah, Mitch and does. He has uh, one of the uh, one of the other haunt guys actually shoots him in the head.
1: That wasn't wait, was that Mitch? No, that wasn't Mitch. That was a different guy. Mitch was the guy that went outside and killed the dude with the hammer. He took his mask off because the guy that got shot in the head was normal. Remember, he took his mask off and he. had Oh a- yeah, that.
2: <clears throat> that's right that was the other that was the dude that was you know trying was the, to help them he was the helper yes
1: he was like their gopher you know doing that's stuff. right yeah uh basically said that if he helped them out with this haunt he would earn his mask as he called it obviously what earning the mask is is either getting some kind of tattoo or scarification effect on your face so that you kind of match the creepy look of everybody else in the quote-unquote group mm-hmm. um Which is kind of interesting,
2: too, because at the same time, they're, like, literally, like, peeling back fucking people's faces. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Ultimately, though, our main guy, he didn't have any kind of scarification or problems with his face, right? He was just a normal, older-looking guy.
2: Just makeup, Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, just makeup, so... Um, he turned, I mean, he turns out to be kind of the leader of this whole thing. There's a scene where he's in the back with all their cell phones. I forgot to mention that before they walked into the haunt, of course, they had to turn over their keys and their cell phones, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he's basically looking through all the phones, trying to see if there's one unlocked so he can get some information off it. And then the abusive boyfriend of Harper actually calls at that instant. And he actually answers the phone, and um, the guy's like, hey, where's Harper? I'm looking for Harper. And the only thing that the, the haunt actor says is it's too late, and he hangs up on him, which of course makes him, the, the abusive ex-boyfriend, I mean, makes him turn on his GPS, uh, like his phone finder for Harper's phone, and basically it turns out he's 18 miles away, so he starts to basically drive away, which is a major question that I had. He was following, that was him in the red truck following them earlier in the film. Yeah. Where did he go when they turned off that road? And why did he drive 18 miles away? Did he actually
2: lose them? dude that's what i thought too i thought the exact same thing i'm like wait a minute so they just cut off like this little fork in the road or whatever Uh, and all of a sudden the dude's like i don't know where they went when there was nowhere else to go
1: exactly yeah
2: i thought the same thing i was like but but then the first time i was watching actually even the second time i was watching i'm like did he have something to do with you know kind of setting up i mean because If you if you put the whole scenario in in, into perspective, if he was part of it and he led them towards there and he just kind of booked off and, oh, there's a haunted house. Let's go into there. But it's not the case. Yep.
1: That's because this
2: dude, you know, that's what I thought was going to happen. Right. I'm like, oh, that motherfucker's part of it. But then when he shows up at the haunt. He lasts like five minutes. He's just a <laughs> dude that shows up to get killed. His character is so worthless in this movie. It's insane.
1: Oh, absolutely. They established was,
2: the character it, for nothing. See, it would have actually been a cooler uh, story part of the plot if, you know, I mean, say he was having issues with his girlfriend and she was threatened to break up with him and stuff. And he was all pissed off. And then he set up her and her friends right, yeah. to to get, you know, go to this haunt, mm-hmm. and then they get all killed off. And she, I mean, that would be more effective, because what we get here is nothing.
1: Yeah. I mean, he indirectly <laughs> saves the day, because they do escape in his truck, that he leaves running outside the haunt. Sure, sure, so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. for whatever
2: that's worth, I mean... But, that's it's, about, but it that's... is funny when he shows up at the haunt already. <laughs> like oh, yeah. He's there for, like, five minutes, and he gets taken out, I was like, what? Yeah, that,
1: that was funny. Oh, and, yeah. and that's one of the deaths that I actually liked. Um, yeah he took yeah. a sledgehammer to the head and it's very CG but mm-hmm. it's still effective. I, I It's I that effect
2: it. that you see in these newer movies, right? Where they you know they mm-hmm. have the the big hammer and then they they kind of speed it up and then it explodes. Like you can just tell yeah, it's that exactly. effect. No, if yeah. you slow
1: it down, yeah, it's definitely not going to look as good. But in in practice, you know, especially on the first time, it's very effective. It, it worked for me anyway. Yeah. Um and then uh let's see where are we at, at this point um asshole gets dispatched um oh right uh the escape room uh so the girls in the escape room she's finding all the clues that she needs to find and then she finally finds the key to the door
2: see th- but- this is this is where the movie kind of tripped me out though man because she's obviously again going back to the uh you know the the fears the personal fears will... Mm-hmm. You know, oh her
1: hiding under the bed yeah
2: Well this whole room was like It was like a flashback to her childhood Which we get to learn a little bit of history About her character and stuff That her father was super abusive and stuff And yeah. she, when she ends up underneath the bed She's like literally having flashbacks of her dad Coming mm-hmm. into the room and her seeing the feet And stuff like that and, and I was like okay so like Is this just by coincidence that this is happening? Yeah
1: That's why I mean, that's why you start to think that it's the boyfriend, because you you figure if she relayed these stories to him at some point in their relationship, he can use all that information against her. So, yeah, it kind of made sense. I'm actually glad it it didn't go that way because I was expecting it to, Um,
2: of course. But at the same time, we also don't really get much in a way of how this all kind of comes about it's more just about oh
1: yeah we get next to nothing we yeah. really don't
2: get anything
0: it, 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 it just gets all serious for like a scene and then you're like oh okay and then it they don't really expound upon it very much.
2: exactly yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense i don't really of- like that <laughs> i mean that really slowed down the whole narrative too man like the scene where she's talking about her father and her past and shit like that Oh, right. Yeah. it's like a seven minute scene for christ's sake and then this shit goes down and you're like what the f-? like it doesn't even matter like it doesn't really even come into play at all because you know the, her personal fear i think it just more it seems more coincidental considering this whole haunt doesn't really have a lot of props besides this one room and she just happens to go to make it that far
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And they just happened happen to put the box with the key in it under the bed, which was her standard yeah. hiding spot when her father was abusing her mother. Yeah.
2: There's nothing but, to support that this is not coincidental.
1: Exactly. No, you're absolutely right, which it definitely leaves you scratching your head a little bit, especially when you start like once you're done watching the movie and you start going back and asking questions like, mm-hmm. why was the devil guy at the club outside? Do you remember early in the movie when she goes outside and she's actually leaving, but then she gets out there and there's a guy in a red cloak and a devil's mask? Yep. And he's kind of standing in her way so she doesn't leave. Obviously, we're all made to expect that that's her ex-boyfriend stalking her. Mm -hmm. But as it turns out, it's not. It's one of the actors from The Haunt. And my question is, how on God's green earth would he know that they would end up where they
2: ended up? Well, like, there's no, it, there's no way to explain that away. Exactly.
0: They're, yeah. Maybe, maybe he just want to go get see, some the, shots. See,
2: the link would be the boyfriend if he was in on it, right? Yeah. Because they're all there. He would have known they're going to this party. But I mean, that would be the obvious link, but it never links up.
1: Nope. Exactly. Yeah. I did not appreciate that. <clears throat> no. It was so just it, one of those. It's
2: ultimately bad writing. It's lazy writing. Yeah. It is. It's, it is lazy writing for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. They, they just they're they're connecting dots that should not be connected or they're expecting mm-hmm. us to connect dots that shouldn't be connected so yeah it's a it's a little uh It's it's the um, it's the version of it's like, oh, man, how can I put it? I was going to use a video game analogy, how there's open world video games, but then there's very linear ones. This movie is very linear, like it feels like they were set up to be on this path the entire way. But then you get to the end of the movie and there was no setup. They weren't brought there. Their car didn't have a flat tire. They didn't run out of gas like there was no sabotage or any kind of well um, that's the from, irony
2: from the that's actors. actually that's super ironic because the end of the movie is you know more of a setup and that actually i mean as little sense as it would actually make in reality it makes the most sense in the whole movie big time <laughs>
1: <laughs> And I, it's God, I, ironic right <laughs> exactly and i absolutely appreciate that about this movie anyway let's get back to the escape room so that we can get to that scene that final scene um you know, she's she's in the escape room. She's under the bed. She found the key and she's confronted by a uh, devil man. Uh, and this is where he takes his mask off to expose, you know, his tattoos and facial implants and everything, making him look like a circus freak and. Um, And then, you know, she basically has a moment of, no, I'm not going to take this anymore. And just kind of freaks out, stabs the guy in the eye with the key that she just (laughs) found. And which is funny, too, because the key itself looks like a saw blade, Uh, not a table saw, but one of those traditional long saws, you know, the the old timey lumberjacks, you know, hacksaw,
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, something along the not even a hacksaw, but like a just an old traditional saw. And um. Yeah, she stabs the guy in the eye with it. She puts the key in the lock. It's got this big gear mechanism that starts to go off, and it starts to play Pop Goes the Weasel. And every horror fan knows we do not ever want to hear Pop Goes the Weasel in one of <laughs> nope. these situations. Um, and, like, an absolute dumbass, she's sitting there listening to Pop Goes the Weasel just standing in front of the
2: door. I'm Dude, yelling that at bugged her, me so side. bad. Yes. Dude, that bugged me so bad because everybody, like, You know, you've already gotten to this point. You know something is going to happen. Yes. Otherwise, you wouldn't be hearing this music. Like, my, everyone's first thought would be like, you're going to get fucking shot or blown up.
1: Something. She even did it with the box that had the key in it. Because the the box that had the key in it was a jack-in-the-box in in and of itself.
0: Yeah. And yeah. And she's,
1: you know, cranking the crank. With it right in front of her damn face, and I'm yelling at her, Turn it to the side, for God's sakes, you don't know what's gonna pop out of that goddamn thing. (laughs) Luckily, nothing pops out, just the key is exposed. But yeah, but then with the door, so it's almost like they set us up with the box, but then delivered with the door. Because then when Pop Goes the Weasel ends, um, she is shot through the door. Um, they have a shotgun. Kind of uh, a little mechanism there set up so that it's all
2: booby trapped, yeah.
1: Yeah, basically it's just a big old booby trap. She gets shot in the shoulder, luckily, so she's not down for the count. But then Devil Man follows her into the room. Um, she hears the song "Pop Goes the Weasel" play, start to play again, and realize that the gun's going to go off. So obviously she uh, she jams her thumb in the guy's already injured eye just to get his head up, and then Pop goes. The yeah,
2: because he's on top of her at this point, exactly. strangling. So, <clears throat>
1: He push uh she pushes his head straight up, the song ends, the shotgun goes off, the top half of his head gets blown off in a you know very CG effect, but still, once again, effective. So mm-hmm. I'll accept. Um, at this point, she gets out of the haunt and she meets up with her new friend, Nathan, that she just met that night. Um, they get together, they try to escape, uh, one more of the haunt actors. Oh God, I skipped something though. I skipped one of my favorite parts of the whole film. Um, when Harper and Nathan are the last two alive, but they're still in the house, they're kind of running away from the actors cause they're being chased by the haunt actor with the chainsaw. Um, one of the other actors comes out, attacks, uh, are our, our two survivors from behind, but what they do, Nathan has a machete in his hand. So he chops at the guy's arm with the machete and kind of nails his arm to the to, to the wooden like wall. Mm-hmm. And then our badass babe Harper takes her sledgehammer and hits the goddamn machete to completely sever the guy's arm. Yeah. I thought that was Brilliant! Yeah, I that's
2: that's it. I think the best part in the whole movie. I oh, thought.
1: that was so cool! I mean, I literally stood up and cheered the first time I saw that. I'm like, yes, finally teamwork, teamwork in a horror movie, and it's effective. Oh, I fucking loved it. Um, but anyway, uh, back to the end of the film, uh, you know, our, our 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 final two survivors are running away from the house. They're outside. They have to deal with one more of the haunt actors who's caught up to them, and you know, um. He, uh, basically our buddy has a baseball bat with him. Nathan has a baseball bat with him because he was dressed as a baseball player for Halloween. And he basically hits the guy, uh, knocking him down. And this is the third time in that movie that my most hated horror trope occurs. And for those of you who've listened to my shows, you know what my number one most hated horror trope is, but just as a refresher, um, um, when a victim in a horror movie gets the upper hand on the killer, hits them or stabs them or shoots them once, and then the killer falls, and then they drop the weapon and go to run away. Mm-hmm. I, I fucking hate that. I'm sorry, but if, if you killed all my friends, you tried to, you spent the last few hours trying to kill me. If I get the upper hand on you with that baseball mm-hmm. bat, I'm not going to stop swinging until I see your fucking brain. Once I see brain matter, that's when I'll drop the bat. And and I still won't drop the bat. That's the point. These guys are uh, two survivors. They know without a shadow of a doubt that this is a group of killers that's doing this. It's not just one. They, it's not just two. They fuck they that don't scene
2: even up, too, though. Many. What's that? They fuck that scene up, too, because, yeah, so we got Nathan. He's you know coming towards the the haunt killer with his bat. And the dude fucking pulls out a gun and shoots Nathan right and at, if, you, if you if you watch the scene he actually the the first part of the scene he shoots him right in the middle of the chest there's a huge red mark there right and i was like what the fuck because he just kept coming at him like nathan was all high on coke or some shit and he's like fuck this or just <laughs> determine his health guy. <laughs> so he takes this guy out kind of thing right and then you know they escape over the fence and stuff but then he's holding his side like he got shot in the side because I'm thinking I, to myself, he got blasted right square in the chest. I'm like, that motherfucker should have went down or dead or something. But then he, you know, when he survive or when he gets into the fucking, you know, the ambulance, he's got a shot in the side of him.
1: That's <laughs> like, where I thought he got shot for some reason. He got shot in the chest?
2: Yeah, dude. When he's coming at him, he gets shot right in the fucking chest.
1: Oh, for some reason, I thought I saw the squib in the belly area, like on the side, so- like, like low into the side. But, you know, I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, though, it's still a satisfying little scene. Uh, I mean, except for, you know, our buddy dropping his bat and walking away. I just don't understand it. I will never understand how you can be tortured, attacked, stalked for many hours. In some movies, it's days and weeks. And then you get the upper hand on your captor and you hit him once and try to run away. What the fuck? see th- that's the kind of shit that knocks me right out of a horror movie and if it weren't for the final scene of this movie i probably would have ended up hating
2: it because of all the tropes but let's go ahead and move on to that you know th- those type of scenes were made for the bleeding hearts that you know they're like oh well that's good on them for you know not becoming one of them yeah. you know, I, can, uh-huh. I can already hear them. they're not a killer I, they're not a killer so you know they're just they're not thinking that way i'm like bullshit there aren't. they were just fucking tortured for four hours of course a Thinking about exactly. killing those motherfuckers. That's, that's, it, it makes. That's the zero only sense thing to... on my mind. Uh, that right. the fucking sourdough Jack from Jack in the Box. That's it. Because <laughs> <laughs> ah, I mean, I'm really, like, you're hungry by this point, right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when those when those are on my mind, I make sure they're on my plate because I can go anytime.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. then we uh, we uh, we start with our final scene, and the final scene basically shows Harper in the hospital. She wakes up from a dream where she went home and saw her mom. Uh, And then behind her mom, one of the haunt actors was like standing there. She, of course, wakes up in a panic in the hospital. And then it cuts to our last surviving haunt actor, the older gentleman, the guy who kind of ran the thing, the first clown that we meet when we first get there. And he's got the release form that Harper filled out in his truck with him so he knows exactly where she lives. He's driving to her house, basically smashes into the front door with a sledgehammer. (laughs) takes one step into the house and then looks down and realize he's standing on industrial strength glue so he can't get his feet up so instantly i perk up i'm like uh-oh, uh-oh. "Uh oh uh oh so he, he realizes his feet are stuck he tries to get loose of uh the industrial glue on the floor and he falls forward right into a nail trap uh basically a board with nails sticking out of it Which, by the way, I forgot to mention, Harper fell victim to that same trap in the haunt. Uh, At one point, she was backing up, trying to escape one of the haunt actors, and she stepped right on a nail coming out of a board. So it's kind of a little tit-for-tat type thing.
2: You know, it's funny, like, I guess maybe it's adrenaline and stuff, but when you get all the skin ripped off your hand and you continue to do shit, like, you still have all your skin on your hand. Oh, yeah. that That's a little bit frustrating because, man, is, it, yeah. I don't know if you ever rip skin off your hand. It fucking hurts, oh, man. You yeah. can't do anything, man. It hurts. Absolutely does not tickle. Yeah, Even with adrenaline, dude, like you're still that sucks because you can't yeah. do anything, man. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. But um, our haunt actor is down on all fours. His hand is injured. His feet are stuck to the ground. And Harper shows up with a shotgun that looks very similar to the shotgun that shot her in the haunt. And um, I just
2: assumed it was the one, but I was like, wait a minute, it can't be that one unless you went back.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it couldn't be because <laughs> they burned it down. Yeah the, yeah. the I forgot to mention that the one surviving haunt member burned down the entire haunt bodies and all. So it probably seems like these this group of people must do this every which, year,
2: which was the Like that was there was huge foreshadowing in that scene, too. There's a scene where actually right at the beginning of the haunt where they're walking through this one kind of corridor area. Yep. And one of the characters notices that the walls are... Um, soaked in oil and i'm like well fuck obviously this place is catching on fire at one point in the movie oh yeah. and actually yeah, one, they, they, there was ahead. actually one part in that scene too that i really i thought was kind of kind of subtle a little bit but i mean it's obvious they kind of pan to it a little bit i think they pan to it a couple times but there's these huge sacks of yes. obvious bodies that are in this corridor. It's it's you know just above their head and stuff, and it's slowly dripping blood. I thought that was a really nice touch, you know, considering they don't have a lot of props besides the bedroom in the film. I thought that was actually kind of cool to do because now they're just creating their own props, but no one notices. <laughs> yeah, like I no think... one even notices. Like, you think at that point there'd be huge puddles of blood on the ground. Exactly. <laughs> You'd be like,
0: what the fuck,
2: man? And you know that shit's slick because <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it was dripping quite profusely. So I don't know. That was yeah, weird. but yeah. I thought I'm kind of cool though dead body no, sex no. yeah yeah
1: absolutely i mean yeah nobody would question it that's the great thing about a haunt and halloween in general is you can you can leave the most fucked up shit out in the open and no one will even question you i mean how many stories have we heard of dead bodies you know being left out in, in a, a front yard because people thought it was a halloween decoration yeah. but it was actually the owner of the house who keeled over from a heart attack like a week earlier or something <laughs> you know yeah. we hear about that or, i mean it might just be urban legend but i mean i've heard so many of those stories over the year or of somebody doing it intentionally where they kill someone hang them up hang them from a tree in front of their house but because it's halloween nobody questions it until the smell shows up and then people are like hey that smells like death (laughs) so yeah So, yeah, the misdirection, you know, of Halloween in general is always something that I've always been a big fan of. And when they use it well in movies, I I think it's awesome. Um, Much like these haunt movies, you know, where they use Halloween, the holiday as a backdrop for their debauchery. You know, it's always stellar. I mean, obviously, I don't have to say it. We all know it. You know, horror fans love their Halloween movies uh and no matter how many bad ones i watch i will continue to love my halloween themed movies so yeah and this is just another one to throw on there not an exceptional uh example but still well worth watching at least once i think
0: yeah I yeah agree. the uh the scene uh the scene that reminded me of green room was the the one one i i can't remember if it was the haunt actor or like the kind of the uh supply guy which one was it when he he's like oh they keep a gun here and then he opens the box and gets shot yeah, it, uh, yeah. It, it reminded me from in green room when the one the one skinhead guy that's actually like leaving the group and he goes to help them try to get out and he's like how the person's like well how can you help us he's like i know where they keep their guns and then right when he says that he gets shot yep. in the head it totally made me think of that that scene yeah, from yeah. Room. yeah. but yeah
1: a much better movie to reference. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. I did kind of like how the beginning, when they first get to the haunt, they start first start going through the gags. You, obviously, you said the trailer kind of gives it away that, you know, they're actually murdering people. But if you hadn't seen that, like, I, there was, like, part of it where I was, like, wondering, I was like, okay, are they, are, is this going to go the route where people are actually getting murdered? Or is it, is, is it just good gags and they're all getting scared? Oh shit! Obviously, I
1: actually have that written in my notes. If this whole thing turns out to be a big prank, I will fucking hate this movie.
0: (laughs) It's in my
2: notes,
1: so thank God that's not the route they went. April
2: April Fools' Hunt. Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) Anything of the April Fools' Day style horror film, Uh, I can't
0: fucking stand. October (laughs) Fools.
2: That's actually actually, that makes a good uh, trivia question. Actually, which slasher film has the least or the lowest body count of all time?
1: Yeah, I guess that would be. Well, it would probably be tied with others. <laughs> I'm sure there's other genre films uh, where well, you know no one I'm dies. Just,
2: I'm just saying slasher films.
1: Oh, slasher specifically. Okay. Slasher yeah, specifically.
2: Down. That has
0: to be the answer.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would go with that. Absolutely, right? There's,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't think of any other off the top of my head. <laughs> no,
1: no, yeah. Um, and then the last, and then last but not least, fuck this movie for destroying Rob Zombie's Dracula. <laughs> that closing song. I am so fucking sick of this trend in Hollywood of taking an already established song and then having a, a group cover it and slow it down and make it all emotional and dark and ominous and shit.
2: Fuck well, that's you. The, that's the emo era, though, man. They got to take these kind of ripping rock and songs oh, and just oh, we'll slow it down oh. and get all make it all emotional and shit. You know, it it is because she's. She's a survivor, man. You know, we got to get all emotional now and shit, man. What that? (laughs) But the movie was fun, though. It was a fun movie to watch. Why not end? I mean, they could have ended
1: with the actual Dracula, and I would have been fine with it. But then they go and commission some person to make this awful cover. Oh, I should have looked up the person just so I could put her on blast, whoever yeah, performed my, that song. My
0: ears did a double take when the chorus, because I was like, is that fucking Dracula? Oh, I was dude, like, I, oh, God. Yeah, dude. The
1: oh. line, like that. Oh, fuck you. And usually they don't put that in the movie. They usually use it for trailers. Um, it's usually trailers where you see, like, the the established rock song that's been slowed down and made emotional. You usually see it in trailers, but this one, they used it in the end credits, and that Here just pissed
2: me off. Here it is. Lizzie. L-I-S-S-I-E. Dragula, written by Rob Zombie and Scott Humphrey, performed by Lizzie. All right. Well, sorry, Lizzie, but fuck you. I hate that song. <laughs>
1: i'm sure you're a wonderful person
0: but for recording she's, like, that
2: she's like buy my album of all covers <laughs> so i actually i actually clicked on her and i was like oh that's pretty much what i expected her to look like <laughs> oh, a... holy like t- shit that's funny as
0: hell totally oh, yeah. indie indie rockered out and shit <laughs> oh no it's just
2: Dude, she's a fucking ginger it's hilarious. <laughs> like actually kind of a normal looking ginger it's hilarious <laughs> Weird.
0: Oh, fuck.
2: Weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Good stuff. Good stuff. So are we going to finish the review of Candy Corn now or what? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Badass midget in it? Oh, excuse me. Little person. Sorry, I don't want to piss off. Little person? Little person.
0: Yeah, I I like him. I mean, I've seen him in a (laughs) few different things. He's he's pretty good. I, I liked his character in Candy Corn, though. I thought he, you know, he he controlled all the scenes he was in. He, um, I am not going to lie. This dude, what's his name? Poncho
2: Moeller? Yeah. He I, looks just like my brother-in-law. Ah! I'm not even joking. It's funny because my brother-in-law is like 5'1". He's fucking so short. He looks like a tall version of a short person. <laughs> a big I person. always say to him, I'm like, dude, you look, you have that, you know, like, I don't want to keep saying midget because that's very derogatory, but know, sh- yeah. small person. You know how like small people generally have that kind of look? For the most part, like you, you just you see their face and they just, you know, kind of look. I don't mean any disrespect. They just do. Sure, sure, it's right. just, it is what have, it is they have the dwarfism. Well, they look like, like Poncho like, Mulle. Yeah. They look like this and my my brother-in-law looks just like him. <laughs> like he, he has that fucking face. It's hilarious. I'm like,
0: "Dude, you are a tall short person." Well, now I now we know what he can be for Halloween. Oh man. <laughs> exactly <laughs> dress them up as uh, the ringleader and actually we're doing, <laughs>
2: another, we're doing another murder mystery type thing at our house so everyone's got to sign costumes
0: wow oh yeah you, you write out like a story and all that shit or are you yeah just- like
2: yeah you can you can download these it's like a whole story and shit and everybody has like a whole script so we have to send out the scripts to everybody like everybody has to be fully confirmed for the party so then we print out these everyone gets their script and their character and then obviously you design your own costume to that character and stuff like that and then it's a huge murder mystery and shit we did one last year and it actually went really well it was crazy i mean by the by the time someone figured it out and shit we were getting pretty shit faced, but it was awesome it was actually pretty fun <laughs> and again i'm really bad with murder mysteries and shit i'm just like i don't fucking know man <laughs> but, we, but people were like getting into their characters and shit it was hilarious man it's actually quite a bit of fun i mean this is what old people do you know? yeah
1: yeah yes it is we
2: do <laughs> If we have a house party, we have it themed. You know, that's it's, e- old, it's either
0: that or a 24-hour marathon of horror movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right, man. That's yep. right. You gotta start. <laughs> <editing>. Okay, <laughs> fun. Yep, that is uh haunt and a little bit of candy corn. Ugh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too much of a candy corn fan. Right. Well,
1: it's funny too, because on the Horror Cast, this last episode that we recorded yesterday, we recorded, uh, we we discussed Murder Party, which is which features a guy who loves candy corn, and then we also did candy corn, and I can't stand candy corn, so it was just one of the worst tasting episodes I've ever done.
2: I'm not sure if it was last year when our group um, voted. Mur- I think it was Murder Party. Anyways, we did it as a Halloween review. Mm-hmm. I think it was last year and stuff and that conversation got brought up too because we were talking about you know Halloween candies and shit like that and how in the fuck did candy corn become such a popular candy is it just because of the shape or something because it's it's disgusting it's like one of the worst candies out there. I'm I'm assuming that the Halloween
0: colors is all I can think of because it's cheap to make
1: too because you could buy large bags of candy corn cheap as hell. So it's affordable to make. I mean, as far as why people like it, you'd have to ask them. I think it's atrocious. I mean, it's the second worst Halloween candy next to circus peanuts that I've ever gotten. And if if I ever see another circus peanut again, I will throw it in the face of the person who handed it to me. (laughs) Fox circus peanuts. Yeah.
0: What about uh what about coffee crisps? Are you gonna send us some of those?
2: Coffee crisps are fucking amazing. Yeah, you, you guys are you guys are so deprived of those men down in the States. And it's actually kind of funny too, because we actually just did a gag with that. You guys will see it coming up, but uh, but it's actually kind of funny.
0: No, what threw me off on your post about it was it was a t- typo it said coffin crisps and i was like what the fuck is a no, coffin No, th- those are those are the fucking halloween versions oh okay so it was co- okay It
2: it is coffee crisps that's what they normally are it's just the the halloween version of them, you oh, can buy they, them actually, have,
0: they actually changed the name they actually they
2: coffee. actually call them coffin crisps <laughs> oh <laughs> it's pretty awesome but <clears throat> <clears throat> <they> yeah <throat> for some <throat> odd reason we don't export those guys to you those things so i don't is I it don't, just I like, like
0: ch- is it like chocolate covered wafers with c- coffee taste in
2: it or it doesn't really taste like it that's that's the irony of it though it doesn't really taste like coffee at all but it is more if it, it's more of like a layered wafer type bar okay. it's,
1: it's meant to be eaten with coffee
0: probably
2: right probably probably yeah, yeah. so that's it doesn't probably. actually have and that i know a lot of people have asked me like does it taste like coffee and i'm like it actually doesn't No, is you it, dip it You dip it in your coffee is it yeah. similar like a kit
0: kat bar just kind of slightly different flavor
2: yeah it's similar it's 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 lighter than a kit kit kat is a little bit more dense yeah right really it's a little good. bit heavier a little bit more dense the coffee are a little bit lighter and it's a lot thicker too so like a wafer yeah <laughs> yes. it's like but it's actually quite good they're actually really good so
1: look at that wow. a bonus candy conversation on fresh cuts <laughs>
2: <laughs> for the candy yeah, actually, don't the worst candy apparently I think he called them i think they're called mary jane's they're like those little blobs of like shitty ass caramel and, like, just the Halloween wrappers and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, like, the, it's, the, it's the shit that people buy, like, these massive huge bags for, like, $5 and give them out. That Brock's. That Brock's sh- brand. Yeah, that brock, Whatever the fuck it is. Those are the worst shits ever, man. I remember when I was a kid, you know, I mean, I was never really a candy person anyways. I would always have candy from the previous Halloween left over when I went out trick-or-treating the following year. Wow. I was never a candy person like I was always a salt person right so but you know I would usually eat the stuff I wanted to and the other stuff would kind of sit there but then there would be a huge fucking pile of those whatever the hell those things are those Mary Jane crappy caramel whatever the hell they are and then I find out so I'm sitting there making fun of the shit and I, I didn't know what the hell the names were and my wife's like She's like, and then she said some name for him. She's like, oh, I love those things, and I'm like, oh man, you grew up so poor. <laughs> I, I kind of
1: like them too. I've never had a problem with them. Really? Oh, I, I can't. It's called Mary James.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I can't stand them. They're so gross. <clears throat> but like I said, I'm not really a huge candy fan. So. Yeah. I mean yeah. caramel. is uh, Caramel. I mean caramel's good. I don't know, but it has like a. It almost has like a cardboard caramel taste or something. I don't know. It's strange.
1: It's like honey, isn't it? Isn't Isn't it like? Honey is the main sweetener in it. Maybe, I remember.
2: maybe like honey, maybe like a molasses caramel or something. I don't Possibly,
0: know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh. Very strange. But it's, anyways, the taste to me is awkward. Just, it tastes awkward. Well, I don't like, yeah. you're if you're meat, not a candy person, candy. So, I do <laughs> like gummy bears. I like hey, gummy bears.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I would always trade my sister like the candy bars for like or i would want the candy bars and she would take all the hard candy after we get done trick-or-treating because i i wasn't into like the hard candy that you had to like suck on and stuff i just wanted to like eat little candy bars so but yeah i think there was one year that like i was i kind of got you know you hit that age where you're probably too old to trick-or-treat but you do it anyway just to get candy and i think i had like i had leftovers like through much of the year just because it's like damn I don't know how I'm going to eat all this shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh man. Are We still podcasting?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope the I hope the episode was a treat for everyone, but ah! uh, <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, puns. Uh, Halloween, let's, puns. Yeah, Halloween let's, puns. Wow. Venom, where can everyone hear you uh or le- yeah. the latest Uh, horror
1: cast yeah we just recorded episode 56 last night um for those who don't know we're doing an episode every week for october um so yesterday's episode which is now available it did pop in my itunes this morning so it's now available episode 56 we looked at murder party uh trick-or-treat the good trick-or-treat from 2009 and um What did I say? Candy corn. So a a trifecta of Halloween movies. Uh, On next week's episode, we're going to do another Rotten Roundtable where, you know, we'll have a couple of guests on and just kind of chat about what we've been doing for Halloween, what movies we've been watching, TV shows, blah, 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 blah. And then we'll have our final uh, feature reviews for the month, which will be the last week of October. And those movies will be Night of the Demons, the original, of course, um... Halloween H2O and Halloween 2018, I think. Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure we're doing two Halloween movies, but we're definitely doing Night of the Demons because that was my pick. So that's on the next episode of the HorrorCast, or the next full episode of the HorrorCast, I should say. Uh, Mike, you can hear Mike and I on the mother podcast of this show, uh, which is, of course, No More Room in Hell. On the latest episode, we looked at uh, a couple of... What do we look at? Early 80s, uh, alien invasion movies Uh, on the next movie. uh, The next episode we're going to be looking at, uh, we're going to be delving into Asian cinema, I believe, for the first time on No More Room in Hell, right? Asian
0: interpretation of hammer horror. Exactly. Or vampire hammer horror.
1: Exactly. So that description right there will probably tell the more savvy of you what we're doing. (laughs)
2: Oh, Ben, that's awesome. Yeah. I can think Uh, of some right now.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Let's see, uh, Theme Warriors, um, we're still kind of trying to get together to record the October episode, which may now become the November episode, so uh, still pending on that. Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, as listeners of Kill the Cast know, Jerry tends to take October off from um, non-horror podcasting, so there won't be an Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space this month. Uh, But then next month we will return and we're going to rather than doing our standard one kaiju feature plus an episode of Ultraman, we're actually just going to look at four episodes of Ultraman for the next episode with each host kind of driving the bus on one episode. So that'll be kind of fun. Uh, Cult Unknown, my newest podcast with Mr. Jerry Herring, where we look at conspiracy theories, uh, crypto, cryptozoology, you know, uh, mysterious events, blah, 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 blah. Uh, that'll be back in November with a discussion on aliens. Episode one came out last month where we discussed Bigfoot. So check that out. Uh, we're really proud of what we were able to get accomplished on that one. And then the last thing is my podcast that is on a hiatus right now. That is the Slice and Dice Dreadcast. Still waiting for Joey Columbo to get back from the cabana and ready to talk about uh, some cool horror or maybe even non-horror. Since Slice and Dice is just more of a movie podcast than specifically a horror movie podcast. But hopefully that'll be back sooner than
0: later. And that's all from me. Uh, Moods, you actually have. Something to tell people to go listen to now.
2: <laughs> Rotten Roundtable? Is that what you said before? Yeah, yeah, that's it. basically... Um, I like we, that. Since we're
1: doing, you know, because the Horror cast is usually only a bi-weekly podcast, but we're going to do an episode every week in October. So in between our normal episodes, it's basically just kind of one of those... You know, kind of like the first half hour of most podcasts, where the hosts are just kind of shooting the shit, talking about what they've done recently. That's the whole episode, and they're they're not that long; they're they're under two hours. So, um, on the first episode of the uh, of the Rotten Roundtable, we had Scott Crawford from uh, Podcast by the Cemetery and Brandon Young from the uh, bleh, the Anatomy of Fear podcast. And then uh, we're still lining up guests for the next Rotten Roundtable. So, if mm-hmm. anyone's interested, hit me up.
2: Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, rotten. Yeah, we do that. I've been doing that for years, man. Cause exactly, Jeremy's yeah. on the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it.
2: Um, yeah, man. So 22 Shots is officially back. Uh we just um dropped our brand new episode today, which is October 9th. So whenever this show airs, maybe the 10th or something. But uh the new episode is up uh on all the platforms uh, featuring yours truly Mike Merriman Mike Merriman. Um it is episode 162 anime horror it's funny as soon as that thing posted there was everybody was just leaving comments like anime horror question <laughs> mark i'm like <laughs> yeah it's it's not really doing too popular right now um
1: bad, i love anime horror
2: yeah honestly. i know i th- I thought it was just kind of a you know a different you know it's a different thing to do it's kind of a change up right we've really kind of focused on theming out a lot of shows and stuff and why not do something like that right uh both films just happen to be from 1985 we had to watch them anyways put two and two together because the 85 show will be probably in the beginning of december but um yeah we're busy man we're back so this following friday we're going to be recording a clown themed show um which is uh what are the films that we're doing i already told you guys clown
0: nato
2: yeah gags the clown wrinkle the clown wrinkles the clown and clown nato so that's that and then uh coming up on october 18th we're going to be doing a non-sploitation film with elucarda and satanico pandemonium which i'm really looking forward to that shit and then of course shit
0: (laughs) elucarda that movie's fucking great
2: yeah man and have you ever seen satanic satanico pandemonium it's another mm-hmm. great one, um, but then we oh, got um, only in
0: a uh, dust till dawn. Isn't that what uh, Selma Hayek's name is in that?
2: Yeah, which... well, that's she's named after the movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah. Um, and then of course we have the animal, the animal, the annual Halloween show drop. In we'll be recording that on the 25th and stuff. And then we go right into Italian month, which this year kind of throws threw us a little bit of a curve because we usually do four different directors every year. And so we established the four different directors, and then I was kind of looking at the calendar, and I was like, wait a minute, this is fucked up. There's a fifth week in how, in uh, November. So we ultimately are going to be doing five different directors, and it's all sorted out. We've got the shows on the 1st, 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th all ready to go Uh, we've got a couple guests we do have three more shows that are um that are open to be having uh, featured guests and stuff so if you guys are interested anybody out there hit up me uh jp or jeremy if you guys want to be a guest on the 22 shots for italian horror month um no we're not gonna have dawn on there because apparently schooled (laughs) us last time on italian uh, schooled yeah he schooled (laughs) us and then of course the big eighty five show will be beginning of um, October and then so yeah we've got like about nine shows ten shows in a row already booked so
0: we're definitely back we're definitely back. You you're gonna have to get a lot of flats of beer to get you through all those shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ven- Venom, you're uh you said you're into anime horror. Just curious because you know we're ready to close the show. Have you by chance seen Angel's Egg? Uh, not yet, no. You've heard of it, though? I've heard of it, yes. Okay, that was one of the movies on the episode of 22 Shots. I'm just, I was just curious because, you know, I don't know a ton of people have seen it. So if you had, I would have been curious to see what you thought of it. I'll check it out.
2: Yeah, I haven't really done a whole lot of, I haven't really seen a lot of anime horror films. But Angel's Egg is definitely probably, and what I've read from a lot of people, it's definitely one of a kind. It's probably one of the most unique ones. It's very art house. It's like an art mm. house anime. It's really interesting. The other one on that episode, by the way, is Vampire Hunter D. So
0: check it out. Yep, uh, Venom. Is f- <laughs> as far as fresh cuts goes, I I mean there's still stuff dropping on VOD.
1: Yeah, that's, all the it, time. Next one's probably going to be a VOD. I don't think we have anything in theaters until the last week of October, which I don't even want to watch that movie. So we'll what see. is it? It's The Gallows too. It opens oh, on October is, 26th. Is Zombie Land <laughs>
0: 2 not this month?
1: Oh, Zombie Land 2 is the 18th. That's right.
0: Or what is it called? Zombieland Double Tap. Double like... Tap.
1: Yeah, it's the 18th. So, actually we do have one more.
0: Yeah, The Furies just is on Shutter now too. That's a possible one too. uh Yeah, a
1: bunch of stuff dropped on uh Amazon and uh Shutter is supposed to be getting a couple more big name ones too before Halloween. So, cool. of course, one of them we discussed tonight, so. <laughs>
0: that's right yeah. <laughs> uh, all right well uh that's gonna do it for this episode of fresh cuts moods as always um you're starting to become one of our big i think besides brandon young you've probably been on the most episodes um, i think this,
2: i think this was number seven i was actually trying to compile all the episodes i was on
0: and i think this is the seventh one so lucky seven yeah i think i think brandon's what up. i think nine his, his latest was his ninth so yeah. uh
1: he now yeah. has been on more episodes of Fresh Cuts than he's been on The Anatomy of Fear. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: his own podcast, because they're only up to episode eight.
2: I could be up there. I could probably be in double digits right now if you know things had worked out a little bit better for a couple other episodes. Actually, the last episode you guys did, which was uh, what was the last episode? Uh, was uh, one
1: one cut of the
0: dead. One cut of the. Oh dead.
2: yeah, one cut of the dead. I was yeah, that one just turned out. I like I was already. I was literally watching it to record that night. And then it turned out Venom couldn't do the show. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. And then you guys recorded when I couldn't record. So, yeah, I'd actually watched it for that. And then just briefly, yeah, and then talked about it on the last podcast with on the 22 shots with actually Mike. And then that was an interesting film to talk about because the second I started to talk about it, I was like, I realized this is the hardest movie in the world to talk about without spoilers.
0: Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's hard to really get beyond anything on the very, very surface level mm-hmm. of it. But, yeah, uh, we will be back most likely next week with uh, another fresh cut. So you never know who's going to pop up on here. So uh, stay tuned for that. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Good night. Yeah.